Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show. Our special guest today is really hard to describe, a great teacher of life, great friend, great wife. Um, her life really encompasses uh, so many elements. Uh, Dorothy Calvin. Dorothy, welcome. Good morning. I'm always really curious about, uh, we think we know people, uh, but I'm really curious to start about where you grew up and talk about your mom and dad. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, moved to Holland, Michigan, which is about 25 miles away for high school and went to Michigan State. Before I met Alan, married him and we moved around the country. So talk about mom and dad a little bit. What did your dad do for a living and mom? Uh, well, uh, my dad was raised on a farm. And in Michigan, we had um, highland farms and lowland farms. Lowland farms were muck farms. Or in the east, they're known as truck farms. There's black dirt, very rich soil. They grew onions. Uh, matter of fact, Gerber baby food uh, grew their vegetables uh, where my grandfather uh, worked in. Uh, so... Um, both my mother and father were from central Michigan uh, and uh, on farm type things. And uh, when my father was in eighth grade, he decided to go to the big city, which was Grand Rapids from McBain, Michigan. It was about a hundred miles away. And he went to Grand Rapids, got a job on a coal delivery truck. You know, the coal that you burn in your furnaces and they shovel the coal in from a truck through a basement window and went down a slide. And he was the one who brought the coal to people. And so he was a laborer, um, had very little money, I remember. And this was during the 30s. I was born in 29. And so during the 30s, of course, the depression was on. And I think he made about $10 a week. Um, so we didn't have money, but we did all right. But we were from farm family mentality. Um, and uh, didn't pay too much attention to other folk and stuff. My mother was, again, from farm families. All four of my grandparents came from the Netherlands. So we were very Dutch. And the community we lived in in Michigan was all Dutch descendants. Uh, so that's what I knew. We uh, were Christian, went to a Calvinistic uh, evangelical church, the Reformed Church of America. And uh, that's what everybody there did. I didn't know anybody who didn't do that. <laughs> so when I met Alan, he was a Jew. Well, I had heard that there was one Jew in town, the junk man. Um, but otherwise, everyone I knew was of Dutch descent. Um, and that's where I stayed. I went uh, to college there to Michigan State. As I said, married my professor when you could do that in those days. Talk about that. Talk about yourself in high school. I'm just curious, what kind of, what were you thinking that? What kind of gal were you? Were you um, more was, studious? Or? I was quiet, um, introverted pretty much, um, but uh, self-sufficient and um, considered smart. And so school was important to me. Um, and I didn't have any brothers or sisters, so I was an only child. My dad died when I was 11 of a ruptured appendix of all things, which interestingly enough, his mother had also, <laughs> which I found out many years later. 
But uh, I was really a daddy's girl. I didn't have any brothers and sisters. And my mother and I got along, but barely. <laughs> and uh, so school was important to me. Learning was important to me. My dad, who had only finished eighth grade, taught me a lot of things, taught me long division. I remember sitting on his lap in a big rocking chair. Um, and uh, so I missed him a great deal. And uh, I didn't know I was going to go to college. I didn't, none, none of my family had. And so um, when I was in high school in a chemistry class, chemistry teacher said, yeah, you have to go to college. I said, I, why, what for, how? And he said, well, you just have to go to college. You can get a scholarship and go to college. And so I did on the basis of that alone, not for any, not to become anything, not because uh, I didn't know anybody who did that. My, my dad enjoyed learning things um, and he read quite a bit. But uh, we didn't have any college in our family. So why Michigan State? Were there other options? Oh, Michigan State? Well, because I lived in, in central Michigan. And uh, when I graduated high school in Holland, when I was living with my mother then, uh, after my dad died, we were alone. And uh, I moved to my aunt's house, which was in Grand Rapids. And one of my cousins has gone to Michigan State. That's where people went from where I was in Grand Rapids. I mean, it was a pre-state school. And uh, uh, that's just where we, if we went to college, that's where we went. We didn't think too much about college. Um, I, I thought maybe I wanted to be an architect or uh, I enjoyed drawing houses and stuff. Um, but I didn't really know, I just went to college. And so I went in psychology, uh, which is, I suppose, uh, kind of inoffensive, whatever, but uh, uh, went in psychology and really enjoyed it. And I, like my father, enjoyed learning. Um, and so that's what I did. I got my bachelor's degree at uh, Michigan State in psychology. And um, then I worked for quite a while. Um, I married Alan soon after I got out of college. Um, and we had children relatively soon. I had three in four years. Uh, one, I guess, a year after we got married. And then another one eight years later. And so that's what I did. I, I stayed home for 40 years or whatever, raised children, thought it was the toughest and most interesting and best job I could have was raising kids. Um, I found that it required every bit of knowledge you could get from anywhere. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed the task. Talk about this really quickly. Now, how did you and Alvin meet? You said that was, <laughs> uh, that was yeah. a traditional thing to happen. No. Um, I uh, was living in Lansing, working, um, I think, as a typist or something, clerical, um, and uh, somebody again suggested I go to graduate school. People were always sending me to school. I didn't really have great ambitions to <laughs> do whatever because I didn't know about it. But um, uh, Alan came to Michigan State to teach. That was his first job as a professor in the psychology department. And um, we 
had offices, the site department had offices in Quonset huts on the campus. And so um, somebody was supposed to leave some brochure for me about jobs or something at the um, psychology department. So I went over to get it and uh, ran into this young upstart in a white shirt and blue jeans and a big black dog named Pooh. And that's uh, Alan's first day uh, at Michigan State and he had come to find his office and stuff. And uh, so he asked me what I was doing there and I asked him what he was doing there. Well, he uh, said, well, this is my office. I said, it's not your office, it's some other professor's office where Rokichu was on sabbatical or something. And he said, no, no, it's my office for this year. And uh, so he said, how about going out to dinner with me now? And I said, no, I have a date for dinner tonight. Uh, so he said, tomorrow night, I said, sure. So that's how we met. And what he did, the very first things, this was in the offices then of the psych department uh, where I was looking for this paper I was supposed to pick up. And um, he said, just wait here a minute. Well, he went to the office of the psych department, looked up my records and came back and said, yeah, you'll do kind of. Was well. <laughs> uh, he looked at my Miller's analogy score and decided it was high enough that I could go to graduate school and that that would be all right. So from then on, we were together, and three months later, we got married. And then wow, three months. months. Yeah, three months. Well, we knew each other by then. So <laughs> um, very different backgrounds. Um, I come from a primarily lowland farmer, uh, small farmer family type. Um, and um, uh, he came from a retail his folks had they had a toy store a paint store and a toy store alan's family did and so that was very exciting when we had our kids and stuff um they had kids to practice on and, and so that's where we were and we we lived in michigan and at michigan state he was at michigan state for six years and then uh, we went to holland's college in virginia uh, he got a job there i think at uh I think it was $5,500 a year, which was considered a pretty good salary uh, for a new professor. And uh, we had our kids, uh, some of them in uh, Michigan, and then eventually we moved to Virginia for a while, six years, I think, and then out to California, where we've been ever since. Now, being a mom, was that... You know, my wife, I always think she was really amazing because I was gone a lot. Yeah, I was four kids. So she really did everything around the house. Got kids at school, got lunches. Oh, yes. Uh, what, was, what was some of your bigger challenges? Well, I expected that was my job. I mean, that was common then. In fact, I used to say that Alan made the money and I spent it, but... <laughs> Um, that I ran the house and raised the kids. And he took us on great vacations and things, but I was the one who did the day-to-day, hour-to-hour things, just as I'm sure your mother did. And um, uh, I found it a good, a good job to be a mother. And uh, I really enjoyed my kids. I enjoyed watching them grow and learn things. And I learned things with them. Uh, and it was very good. 
So I didn't, uh, I didn't go to work until after that, until after they were, I think the youngest one, Scott was about five before I got a full-time job. So let's talk about that. What was that like after being a, a mom, which is not an easy job? Now you're, now you're going to work. What, what was that like after all those years? Well, work, if you come from a uh, poorish or whatever farm family, I think you have pretty much the same values wherever you are. Um, we believe in work and the Dutch in particular think that work is necessary and take for granted that that's what you'll do. And so work, whether it's at home being a mother, whether it's in an office being a typist, they're both jobs. Um, and uh, you can like them and like the people who are around you or not. But uh, in general, I thought the world was a pretty good place. Um, and uh, um, working, uh, I always found things to learn when I was working and uh, I enjoyed the people I met, but I didn't need people around me. Um, so but with Alan, of course, we're very opposite. People say, well, you've been married so long, 68 years now. You must uh, be a lot alike. And I say, no, absolutely not. That would be, <laughs> that would be boring in my opinion. <laughs> you look to uh, spend your life with somebody who's exactly like you, that's really not very interesting. Well, Alan and I are not at all alike. Um, he came from a background that knew more uh, a higher socioeconomic status. Uh, and they they were retail business. They had this paint and wallpaper store. And as I said, my dad shoveled coal, coal on a truck. Um, and we just have different attitudes and experiences on all kinds of things. We have basic principles that are the same. Um, we like people. Uh, I don't like them in large numbers usually, although I've learned to, and I've learned to work a room, thanks to Alan, uh, and to meet everybody in it and stuff. But um, I'm quite happy being by myself. And uh, I think he needs more people around. Um, I, I've been thinking in recent uh, times that he, he not only wakes up when his eyes open, he's awake, but he starts talking and he talks all day long. And it's interesting. Uh, and me, on the other hand, I don't wake up for a couple of hours after I get up. I wander around and people think I'm awake and they may ask me questions and stuff, but I don't really participate for a couple of hours. Um, but uh, we do like people in small numbers, we both do. And so we enjoy going out with people and um, uh, we enjoy travel. And I think we both enjoy new things. And uh, he's very much in love with me and expresses it often. And it says very nice things to me. And I think that's a big help. I think that people don't understand how important that is. That it's not enough to know that somebody loves you and thinks you're neat and stuff, but to tell you. Um, so. Well, that's, that's amazing. Really amazing. <laughs> you know, I've been really fortunate because I've met a lot of different people who've given me things to think about. Um, 
besides Alan, have you, who have you met that makes you really think about, oh, that's really interesting, and I should think about that a little bit? Everybody. I think everybody has something different to offer. And uh, one of the things about travel, for example, when we've been, now been all over the world, and uh, it's interesting, I just thought of another thing I'll tell you in a minute, but um, I find it interesting to meet the people and so does Alan and we talk to people when we go to different countries and stuff. Yes, we see landmarks and you know, historical things and stuff. Um, but uh, mostly it's interesting to meet people because people have a lot to teach you, to offer you, to entertain you with. Uh, everybody's different and their differences are what make them interesting to you. Um, so as we, I was thinking in terms of talking to people when we travel, our grandson, Matt Haney, who's one of the supervisors in uh, San Francisco now and is running for the assembly. And he's 39 now, I guess. Um, he's my second oldest grandchild, and I have seven. And um, I say to people lots of times, not only is he a really good guy, we don't agree politically. Uh, and the political spectrum, he's much further left, they call it progressive or whatever, than Alan and I are. But but he's a good person and a good guy. And one of the things that he does is listens to people. Politicians don't do that very often. Uh, and so people like him and they're willing to campaign for him and support him and do things uh, because he's a friend from the time they first meet him. And I think that's what we need to do with most people. Everybody has something to offer. And my dad who shoveled coal uh, or, um, other relatives, some of Alan's uh, relatives who ran companies or something, they all have things that they're interested in and that they can teach you. And uh, it's much more interesting to meet a new person than to see a new building. Let me ask you this. This is a little tricky. And you can't, of course, mention Alan because he's pretty amazing. But what are you most thankful for? What am I most thankful for? Yes. That I have a God that I believe in uh, and always have had. I was raised in a, I mean, that's what Central Michigan is. It's the Bible Belt and everybody believes in God. Um, so you don't get saved or something. You kind of come saved and uh, you live your life that way. So that's probably the thing I'm most thankful for. And he's seen fit, God has seen fit to give me a good life and a good family. I have four children who are wonderful and interesting people. And I like, I like interesting people, people who do things, who think things. Um, if they think the same as I am, I don't need to hear that uh, because I already know that. So I like to hear new things. And uh, so I have had a very good life. I'm old now, 92 is an age I would, couldn't even have imagined being. Uh, my dad died when he was 41. My mother died when she was 58. And so it's not the genes that I got. It's just the way that God decided to leave me here for this long. Uh, but it's a good life. And it's an interesting life. I meet interesting people like you. I was thinking about sports and how uh, Alan and I are active spectator sports people. We 
watch basketball, baseball, football. Um, and uh, I didn't play any of those things. I was not an athlete, but I, my dad taught me to be a spectator uh, and to really enjoy it. I used to listen on radio then before TV to the Detroit Tigers. We lived in central Michigan, so the Tigers were our team. I used to listen to the Tigers on radio uh, with him. And um, then with Alan, it just kind of continued. He and I enjoy sports. We watch them, we go to them, we listen to them on the radio or on television now. And um, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that I have a good life, a great family, uh, God to believe in, who I believe takes care of me and will continue to do so. Talk about your family. Uh, talk about that. Well, uh, as I said, I married Alan after I knew him for three months. Uh, we had our first child, I think, in 10 months. Uh, and the first three, within four years, and then a fourth. Uh, when I, I thought, by the way, that we might have another uh, three or four kids after we had our first four. Um, and I found that each child we had, Alan wanted one more, and I wanted one less. I started with six, and he started with two. <laughs> but I, I found that it was probably a little, little more work than I had expected. Uh, but I enjoyed them, and I enjoyed watching them grow. Um, so I don't remember what that question was that you just asked me. Oh, you were just talking about your kids. Oh, yeah, about the family. And the, yes. So I have four children, two girls, two boys. I have seven grandchildren. Um Mixed again, four boys and three girls, I guess. What What are your kids up to now? Oh, they're quite accomplished. Um, the oldest one um, is retired and has been for a long time and is disabled. She has a disease kind of like multiple sclerosis. It's not, you don't die from her disease. It's CIDP, uh, but it's a muscle nerve kind of thing where she drops things when she picks them up and stuff and doesn't have muscle strength and has been aware of that probably since she was 16 and I think she's 68 now. Um, but she's very smart. She worked in the computer field with vice president of a couple of companies, worked for um, IBM for a little while. And um, she's very smart and copes very well with her problems. Lives with, by herself. Well, one son lives with her part of the time in Marin County. Um, but she's always busy doing things and she's particularly busy on the online. She has, uh, she will be talking about her friends or people she knows. And of course, it'll all turn out to be people online, which is always interesting to me. But uh, she continues to learn new things and be able to, if, if we have a question to ask, we call her, whether it's on television, movies or whatever, or how to run something. Uh, the second daughter, Chris, is 14 months younger. And I've always decided that girls 14 months apart, two girls 14 months apart, sisters, will always fight. And, and they did. And my mother and my aunt were 14 months apart, and same thing. Uh, there's something about that particular relationship, but they love each other and they get along anyway. Um, but Chris worked for the pediatricians, uh, kind of ran their association 
uh, like the AMA, but uh, the, this is a pediatrician in California for maybe 30 years and retired a year or two ago. Um, and now she's doing some consulting and stuff. The third one is Bufo, B-U-F-O. We named him David, but um, he, he was interested in animals as was my oldest daughter. And Bufo got some giant toads when he was about 16. Uh, you know, like frogs, toads, yeah. giant ones, uh, three of them. And we had lots of pets and animals at the house that uh, we would take care of for periods of time. And so these, uh, these toads were South American ones, I think. And their scientific name was Bufo something, B-U-F-O. So he decided he wasn't David anymore. He was Bufo. <laughs> He's been Bufo ever since. Um, and he worked in retail and at a bank and he writes and he's, uh, he's, not, he's the only one of the four that did not go to college, but he's very smart. He's probably read more than all of us put together. Uh, and he lives in the East Bay. Um, the uh, fourth one, Scott, the youngest one, the baby, um, uh, was a physicist uh, and taught uh, in the East at Sarah Lawrence and at Lehman College. And, uh, and now he's building a gigantic bookcase for his living room. He's a kind of Renaissance person, has a degree in physics, um, works at Lehman University now in New York City, counseling students who are going on for professional degrees for medical and legal and other degrees. And he's advising, um, but now he's building uh, giant bookcases for his living room. He's built a vegetable jail, he calls it, to keep the gophers out and stuff. But a building in the backyard that's probably about 10 feet square that's wired all the way so that the gophers can't get in. And he can grow his garden there. Um, so all four of them are interesting people to me. Uh, and they do good things. And uh, it's nice knowing them. Wow, they all sound very uh, different, very diverse. They are, they are, and they have always been very different. Uh, even though the first three were close in age, they enjoyed different things and uh, had different paths, but um, we all get along pretty well. Nice. Well, Dorothy, I want to thank you so much for being on. This was so great. Uh, you know, I never uh, forgot, you know, because you helped me uh, to get my master's and I'm not even sure I thanked you for that, but that, thank you very much. That was, uh, that was awesome. <laughs> to help me get through that. Statistics, you were a good student, very smart, you caught on very fast. I think we did most of it on the phone. Yeah, I think it's more I had a great teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good. And you're doing well now. And I really, I was thinking about watching basketball when you were playing and trying to remember who else was there. Winford Boynes, I think, yep. and James Hardy. Didn't you yes. play with them? Yeah. I remember we saw all those games. We went to all those games. Um, and yeah, we were very fortunate. We had a great team. Guys like yes. Marlon Redman and Chubby Cox. And yes. Just yeah. the, the list goes on. I'm really great players. And we had a great coach with Bob Gaylor and Dan Mawala, yes. man. Um, it was just a really special time. 
uh, to bring everybody together. And we, we made some special things happen. Um, yes. So being in college was one of the better times of my life. So I really enjoyed that experience. For me, it was kind of another job. I enjoyed what I learned, um, but it was kind of like another job. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, right, right. Okay. But thank you so much. Uh, let's see if we can look forward to get di uh, dinner again. That was fun. Yes, yes. That's some that. weird places. Yes. Well, thanks for having me, and we'll watch your podcast or listen to it, whatever. You should listen to podcasts. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. And um, thanks for having me on. Yeah.